What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. Well, New Year, same me. Welcome to 2018, guys, our first episode of 2018, an arbitrary celebration that is not a big deal on the Gregorian calendar, according to your boy Neil deGrasse Tyson, or some shit like that. Who knows? First things first, I want to do a little bit of plugging. This is the only plugging that I will do during the show because we are funded by fans. So if you are a weekly listener, please... Please, please, please go to patreon.com slash kind of neat and pledge your love to us by giving a dollar per episode. You will not get charged for back episodes like you're not going to get charged one hundred and thirty six dollars. You only get charged for future episodes. And I don't charge for the podcast and the video. It's just like each podcast is a buck. That's it. So four bucks a month tops. But, you know, my lazy ass only doing one or two a month. So you won't even notice it gone from your pocketbook. I don't have my phone in my hand or else I would shout out all the new pledges. I'll do it next episode. Thank you guys so much. I hope you guys had a good holiday break. Mine was eh, okay. You know, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, you know that my car gets hit all the motherfucking time. And 2018 was no exception on the, well, no, not, it wasn't 2018. It was the last day of 2017 on um, the 30th or the 31st. I can't remember. We went up to fucking Tahoe with uh, my brother and his wife and one of my family friend, childhood friend. And uh, there's no snow in Tahoe, which we went up there for snowboarding and skiing. And that was a, a fail. And while we were snowboarding the first day that we were there, my girl, Mia, calls me and said there was a, an accident. It was a bad accident, and she got rear-ended. And thankfully, she and my sister-in-law are okay, but my car is not. The shit almost got totaled, but it is not totaled. They're going to fix it. But in the meantime, I have to drive around in a rental for a month and somehow get back up to Tahoe to pick up the car and then drive it back down. So needless to say, my New Year's break was not that tight. But, you know, the shit happens and uh, it tends to happen to me quite a bit. So I feel like I should just start budgeting for car accidents at this point. You know, life goes on. Do you got any big resolutions this year? Because I don't. I don't really have anything I'm looking to change right now. I don't have any big goals I'm looking to achieve because as I was talking to you guys a couple episodes ago, I'm kind of on that, uh, you know, just opportunistic nihilism or whatever it is that I was trying to describe where it's like... uh, I'm pretty happy with where my life's at, and I'm just following the opportunities. And so, you know, my resolution a couple years ago was quit smoking, and then I always have, like, these resolutions, and and then I finish them, and I'm like, oh, fuck, now I got to make more resolutions. But, like, I'm pretty chill with where everything is. I have the new crib, have a good girl, have a dog, got plenty of shit to do. Work has been going good, and the podcast is still swinging. So, you know, I don't have any resolutions. Hopefully you guys have some big ones, though, because all of you listeners are probably young and full of life, and you probably have big things you're trying to accomplish this year, and I hope that you accomplish all of those. I had a very busy break. I was barely home at all. I did a Christmas at 
my girl's place with her parents, and then we did a Christmas at my grandmother's place with all my family. My mom was down. My brother and his wife were down. My aunt and uncle were in town from Pennsylvania, so had plenty of family, and it was just driving all around, and um, no free time, but that's okay. Now that I do have free time, feeling very bored, so got to get back to work. I have to slowly ease my way back into work, though. I'm not somebody who can, like, take a long time off and then just jump right back into it. I got to just do a little bit at a time. Fuck, man. So much crap happened that I don't even know what to talk about. My uh, dad caught the flu, apparently, so I haven't been able to visit him for a while because apparently it's just pandemonium at his uh, facility because everyone's catching a 24-hour bug and it's just kind of rotating throughout the place, so they don't want to let visitors in because they don't want visitors to get sick, and they're trying to, like, quarantine people to different parts of the facility so that they don't catch it, and it just sounds all to the bad, but who knows. It was my brother's first time seeing my dad since, like, the end of May, and he handled it pretty well. You know, it's a shock to see the progression of the disease after six months or eight months or whatever it was. So he looks very different. But, you know, my dad was very chipper when he saw my brother. And apparently he's been saying things like when my mom was there, he asked, he said something about Lee. And then, like, he even asked at one point about, like, a family friend's called the Corbett's. He was trying to say the Corbett's, but he said, oh, have you seen the Corby's? Which... I know that sounds like some cute moment of cognizance, but, like, that shit is a fucking miracle where he's at right now. So little shit like that, it's really spine-tingling when you're living through it. Um, I'm trying to think what else happened. I don't know. Like, it rained a lot yesterday. <laughs> I'm out here talking about the weather. I, I It's been so long since I've done one of these episodes that I don't know what to catch you guys up on, kind of, and I came unprepared to catch you guys up on stuff, and I don't have any big philosophical fucking breakthroughs to, to talk about either. So what I will promise is that next time I do an episode, I'll catch you up on whatever happens in that meantime. How about that? That said, today on the show, we have a guest, IDK, ignorantly delivering knowledge. He's a, a gentleman from PG County, which is near Washington, D.C., and he has quite the story, and he has quite a few good records out for you guys to check out. Uh, his newest is called I Was Very Bad, and it's very good. He has a real knack for putting together cohesive albums that tell a story. He's a very proficient rapper, good singer, good songwriter, all of that stuff. He has all the weapons, and he seems to get better with every release, which some people don't do that. Some people are cursed with the opposite. They put out their best shit first. And I think that he's progressively getting better over time, and I think he has a bright future in front of him. So yeah, this is me talking to IDK about those records and about his about the story that he tells on the records because I was very bad is essentially about his childhood in which he kind of is a self-admitted miscreant. You know, he was getting into a lot of trouble. He did a couple stints in jail, one in prison, and then he kind of turned his life around and started rapping and things are going very well. I was very bad. It was put out on Adult Swim. It has features from MF Doom, features from Della Funky Homo Sapien, who both of which were my favorite rappers at some point. And yeah, it's worth checking out. So, Without any further ado, here is my conversation with IDK. IDK. Yeah. Where does the IDK come from? 
jail. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was I was locked up. I was bored, and I kind of was just thinking about, first of all, rapping and what my rap name was going to be. And I just said, all right, I'm going to name that shit something like Anonymous, like uh-huh. something like that. And I just thought about IDK. But then when I sat down and really thought about it, I was like, I'm just going to add um, um, a meaning to it. And I started thinking about what I what I stood for, and that's um, ignorantly delivering knowledge is what I came up with, and it made sense exactly to what I was doing. So, right. so yeah. it almost has kind of an old school hip hop feel because acronyms mm-hmm. were very popping back in the day. You know, yeah, knowledge yeah. reigns supreme. Yeah, yeah. Over, no, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's tight. Yeah, the new record. I was very bad. It talks a lot about your experience in jail. Yeah. Amongst other things, it's a very open and personal record. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely what I was trying to do. I just wanted to let people know the person that I am, so I had to be a little bit more personable. Right, and after listening to the record, I'm hoping we could like almost give people a cliff notes on the album with this interview because yeah, sure. I think it is very revealing, but I also think there are things that people could learn about you from hearing your explanation of those revelations, you know what I mean? Um, so first and foremost parents are African immigrants. You talk about that on the record and how it affected your life. So let's go way back and talk about where your parents are from. My mom and my stepdad are from Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. My dad is from Ghana. Mm. Yeah. And I was born in London. You were born in London. How did they end up in London? I have no idea. They just, that's just where a lot of people immigrate to. And from there, my mom brought me over to America. And did you hear tales about Ghana and Sierra Leone as a kid? Well, not Ghana, really, because I ain't grow up with my dad. Uh But stuff about Sierra Leone, I guess, yeah, not tales, but just like like how life was and shit. Yeah, what did they say? I mean, I, I think, like, I'll jump in with, like, my stereotypical American knowledge of Sierra Leone and just know that there's like the diamond trade going on there and yeah I think there was I don't really know if all that shit is still happening yeah honestly but yeah I mean there definitely was a lot of civil wars and shit it wasn't because of diamonds but diamonds helped fuel the shit right right my parents wasn't there for none of that so they just heard little stories I mean shit was crazy though I had an uncle who was um in that shit, and I really even an uncle. It was a nigga that just lived across the street, right? Um, like a family friend, uncle. <laughs> yeah, and he was in the war, and he was like one of the rebels, I guess. Oh shit! And he was telling me, I don't know how graphic I could be on you this. You could shit, be as graphic was, as you want, bro. It was a fucked up story. Like he said that some, you know, they used to do a lot of drugs and shit. They mm-hmm. would mix like coke and and um and fucking uh, heroin and shit and, mm-hmm. and all that type of shit and do that. So they'd be out of their minds. Just and, to kind of like numb themselves from the shit? Right. Yeah. And I remember he said when they first got into the city, he didn't tell me this story. He told somebody else who told me. Yeah, right. That when they first got into the city, they he just saw two people walking, like just running or something, and he took his AK and he shot him. Oh. And then he saw like this like baby, and the baby like fucking couldn't even like walk or some shit. I mean, uh, the baby wasn't even like old enough to fucking waste his bullets on. You oh know my what he god! Did? He said he threw the baby on the ground and stomped on the baby's head. Oh my fuck! Yeah, and this is a guy that was in the states. No, nah, hell oh, no. no. This nigga ain't. He dead that was now, in London. Actually. That dead. was in London? No, nah, that was oh. in Sierra Leone. That, I mean, that happened in Sierra Leone, but how did you he hear that story? So oh. No, nah, when I, I had went there, oh. as, and when I was like in the ninth grade, and um, my 
my other uncle, well, my actual uncle, yeah. told me the story that he told him. And Holy shit. shit. Yeah. And that is the, fucking And that's dark. the nigga who I got my first tattoo from. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, how old were you when you got that tattoo? Like 17. Was it a tattoo? Or 16. 15, probably. Yeah. It just says J. Because <laughs> his name was J, too. Oh, shit. It's crazy. Wow. Man. That's a dark start. Yeah, it's really crazy. That is crazy. What you Fuck. wanted to talk about? How, how, how old were you when you moved up to London? Moved out of London. I moved to, or you were born in London. Yeah, Sorry, I came out of there when I was two, so I don't really know. Yeah, and so then, like did that. you go back to Sierra Leone for a bit? Nah, well, you moved to the I states. I just went there for like one, like probably a couple weeks, like oh, on okay. vacation like type a vacation. Shit. Yeah, but wow. no, I didn't. I didn't. I've been in the states my whole life. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're down to talk about this, a lot of the times on this show we talk about how absentee fathers are the origin of a lot of art. That's a theme on this show. A lot of artists that I end up talking to, they have trouble relationships with their biological fathers. So were you ever old enough to remember him? Like, or was he just gone from jump? No, he was gone from jump. I mean, when I was seven, I had a brief kind of like, you know, we started talking again, like seven or 10 years old, but we lost contact. Mm. Um, and then next time I seen him was years and years later. So yeah. You know I mean? When my mom passed away, he kind of came back like the next day. Mm. So, yeah. Do you ever think about that relationship? Does it stress you at all? Do you, nah. do you just like put it to the back of your mind? Nah, I'm very like not numb, but I put it into perspective. Like when my mother passed away, I didn't cry and none of that shit. I mean, I cried at the funeral, <laughs> but I didn't, I don't know, man, I'm numb to a lot of stuff, like, not numb for real, because it does affect me, but it doesn't really affect me like how most people would think, you feel me? <laughs> it, it affects me deep down inside, but niggas don't really know, like, it's like hard to, you know, really know. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you think you've built walls up to protect yourselves from that? I mean, I feel like, man, you're you're an artist, and it's very clear, like, that you're a very creative individual and you have a lot of big ideas. Yeah. And, and to me, that naturally leads me to think that you're also very sensitive probably because in order to be so self-aware to make that art and be that creative, you have to be sensitive to your surroundings. So do you think that over time you've built up walls to like fend off some of that sensitivity or what? Like, why are you uh, not? Nah, man, I just fucking like, I don't know, man. I just don't deal with it like, Mm -hmm. Like the way I guess it comes out Through my art mm -hmm. I guess maybe mm -hmm. That's probably mm -hmm. my vent Venting um, That's how I vent And shit So mm -hmm. I don't really know man It definitely made Like this whole Like last couple of shit Things that's happened to me With my mother All this shit mm -hmm. It definitely made me I ain't the same person Right I like to refer to myself as Like I'm what happens When you mix The devil With an angel mm -hmm. I'm like both of those things put together, you mm -hmm. feel me? Like, I'm a good person, but I also am a dark person at the same time. Right, and I yeah. feel like your music talks about that a bit. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm not built like a lot of these people, you feel me? I want to get to your mother's passing, but li a little later on, because I kind of want to follow a chronological order. But I mean, listening to the songs about your mother's passing, man, they're heartbreaking. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Uh, and they're touching, and, and I'm sure that was a big that's a huge moment in anyone's life. So, but first, I want to talk more about like once you moved to PG County. Is that where you went straight from London to PG County? 
Um, yeah. Yeah. What was that transition like? I don't remember. Yeah. You know, I just grew up in PG all lot as far as I, I know. Right. You know. You talk in the record about early on kind of being bullied for being an immigrant, for being African. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. I used to just deny that shit. Like, people would, because I had an American name and shit, so nobody really knew for sure, but they thought I was. Mm-hmm. So I just, but, um... Yeah, definitely. Like, niggas didn't really fuck with that. Like, they didn't fuck with um, that I was dark-skinned. Like, all the, like, the girls, like, light-skinned and brown-skinned niggas and shit. And, like, you know, so it was tough elementary school. Middle school was a little better, but still not as good. But I had, like, my first real girlfriend. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first girlfriend was in the sixth grade, but she denied the shit out of me. Really? She's, she said she was going to be my girlfriend. And then when I told people that she started denying that shit. Mm-hmm. But, so but, uh, middle school, though, is when I had my first girl. She was Hawaiian and shit. She was, I, I remember her. Mm-hmm. She was probably my girl for, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a month. Maybe a month. But, yeah. But then ninth grade is when I was like, enough is enough. Like, that's when I started like caring about I mean I always cared about clothes and shoes but that's when I started figuring out ways to like get my own shit yeah ninth grade I was th- that nigga like I, niggas was fucking with me like right. it wasn't like it wasn't that no more right yeah. well so tell me about PG County like where is it what is it like PG County is on the outskirts of DC it's close to DC but it ain't DC it's like a suburb of DC or what? I guess yeah. Could you, can you catch public transit to DC? Yeah, okay. easy. Yeah, I live right by DC, like I, fifteen minutes away. Okay. It's definitely no good schools, public schools, even in good area schools, it's still bad. Mm-hmm. Like Bowie, Bowie High School, I used to go there at one point. That shit had fights every day. Mm. You know, I mean. Unless you go in a private school, it ain't really much options, you know. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's where a lot of like the hood mixes up with some of the suburban kids and shit, and then it just creates this whole thing like that's weird. Like you can go to a neighborhood like I live in a pretty nice neighborhood, but people still get shot, people still robbing. Like like out front of my house, that's where everybody goes to smoke. That's like the smoking spot. Mm-hmm. But the neighborhood looks so nice, you would never ever think these type of things is happening. Mm. I think it's a result of gentrification. Mm. People don't really talk about what happens after gentrification. They talk about like, okay, they moved everybody out of the hood to this neighborhood, and now all the white people live here now. That's like how you see it. But where okay. does everybody get this place to? Exactly. Yeah. And that's my neighborhood. Right. My area. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, there are areas like that in California where people get displaced from neighborhoods and they end up in areas like Palmdale or San Bernardino. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you end up moving out of L.A. and then all all the things that were happening in those neighborhoods that get moved out of move to these suburbs kind of. You know? Facts. It's yeah. a mentality that people not not don't seem to understand it's not about where you live because i lived in a good neighborhood Mm -hmm. like at the time it wasn't as bad as it is you know Mm -hmm. nowadays but Mm -hmm. i lived in a good neighborhood and niggas just still like you know it's who i was hanging out with it's where i was the mentality that i was around Mm -hmm. growing up i had a developing mind i was still trying to figure out who i was you Mm -hmm. feel me Mm -hmm. so you know that's what that is so here's the thing is that you talk a lot about being a bad student on the records. Yeah. But I can't help but think after listening to your music and talking to you a couple of times, like you're not, you're not a dumb person. You're a nah, smart dude. Nah, nah, nah. So w- what was it that turned you off so much about school? I didn't give a fuck about school. Why? I didn't like that shit. That why? shit was boring. Yeah. Like fuck. Like, that so shit was why, so but boring. why was it boring? Was it 
too easy for you? Were you understimulated? No. No. <laughs> I just didn't feel like doing that shit. Like, yeah. I just didn't see the point. Like, mm-hmm. I knew, okay, I'll go to college and all this shit, but, man, I was just, like, have, trying to have fun. Like, all that work, like, you had to be super self-disciplined. My mind wasn't right. I could barely keep my room clean. You feel me? And like, was that even as, like, a first grader, or did that kick in, like, fifth, sixth, nah, seventh grade? that like, shit was, like, almost my whole life, for really? real. Yeah. I had a okay time when I was a C student in, uh-huh. like, um, third grade, because I really liked the teacher and shit. Uh-huh. Um, shout out Miss Marlo. <laughs> I got to find her. But, um... <laughs> what's it called uh then like maybe like yeah every other time i was fucking always failing yeah and then i don't know how i got to middle school i don't know how i got to high school to be real with you i don't know what the fuck okay i know how i got to high school because middle school i moved eighth grade i had to move out and go to fucking um pennsylvania oh for why my mom didn't think I was doing good back yeah. home. She thought I'd do better in Pennsylvania, and my uncle would be able to take care of me. But where that were you at in Pennsylvania? Was, I was in Pittsburgh, oh, sure, Monroeville. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So I was out that shit. I went to go Gateway Middle School. I played football for the Gateway Gators. You feel me? I was doing all right. I had probably good grades. I was probably C, B student, maybe uh-huh. some A's and shit. Yeah. Um. Then I went back to ninth grade, and I was like, man, I'm not fucking around this time, nigga. I'm like, I'm coming back a new person. I always like to reinvent myself, even till this day. You feel me? Yeah. Um, but I was just like, all right, I'm going to do this, da-da-da, get my shit together, get my clothes together, start really being fly, blah, 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 pay attention to fashion a lot more and shit like that. Right. And then, sure enough, I was, I was definitely, um, you know, pretty cool. <laughs> Getting right. in trouble, but pretty cool. Pretty like I was known for dressing for sure. Right. Yeah. And, but then what happened? What happened that made you fall off from that academic pursuit? Like it sounds like you. It sounds like you that. left when you left and were in Pittsburgh. You're doing good, and then you come back like oh, I'm gonna keep doing good. But man, I got in the ninth grade. That's when niggas would start smoking weed. Yeah. That's when like you really starting to see guns and shit like that. Like, yeah, that's when niggas is growing up, really hopping off the porch and shit. So, you know, and I went to the worst school cause as so elementary school, the district is so small that mm-hmm. pretty much my neighborhood was there, you know? Um, then when it got to middle school, it was like my neighborhood, but some bad neighborhoods too. Mm-hmm. High school was like, that's when it got, it got worse and worse. And I mm-hmm. went to one of the worst schools in fucking PG County, I'm talking about like riots to where uh, the SWAT team would have to come with be- uh, beanbag guns oh, and sure. have everybody sitting on the ground. I remember that shit. It was two hoods that just kept fighting. Like it was like Kentland and like Chapel Road and shit. And huh. it was just like always something new. You feel me? It right. was like a lot of tension. A lot right. of tension. Well, so in hindsight, what do you think it was about that year in Pennsylvania that? Helped you do good while you were there. I didn't, I didn't have, nobody gave a fuck about me out there. Joint. I mean, I had some friends, and I was still kind of cool. I hung out with cool kids, but yeah. um, they didn't like the way I dressed and shit. Like I was different. Like, so was they, it kind of like being a loner there helped you course. like stay concentrated? Uh, that and then my uncle. You know, it was like a really kind of disciplined, yeah. like uncle and he shit. Yeah, structure. Yeah, so. Did he have kids too? No, just like a baby. Oh, okay. Nothing crazy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. How old were you when your mom got remarried, or got married to your stepdad? Maybe like in the third grade or some shit. Did you guys get along? Yeah, he was cool. He was cool. Yeah. So, you get back, 
and like you say, people are coming into their own that ninth grade year. That's when people are really starting to find themselves and you find yourself with the wrong crowd. Right mm -hmm. now, I'm going to project my like hypothesis on you after listening to all your records. I feel like maybe the fact that you were getting bullied so much for like being African, people calling you African booty scratcher or whatever that you talk about on the record. Yeah. Like, I feel like you came back guns a blazing. Like, I'm not going to take that shit anymore. And you felt like I'm going to prove myself to these people by being a bad motherfucker. Is there any accuracy that's, to that? That's probably some of it for sure. Yeah. You know, it's just it's who I was around, to be honest. Like, I was just hanging around niggas that was doing crazy shit. What drew like, you to them? Those was always my niggas, like, you know. Um, right, but... Here, or, like, one was, like, always my friend. Mm -hmm. Like, when, when niggas was making fun of us, fun of me, they was kind of making fun of him, too, mm -hmm. in elementary school. And then he kind of got... But he was, like, he came from a different background than me, you feel me? But we was always cool. And then he... As he got older, he was doing a lot of the shit that attracted certain type of people. Mm -hmm. And then, obviously, by... Him being my mans and shit, I'm hanging out with him, and now I'm meeting these other niggas, and I'm seeing this lifestyle, and then I'm feeling like I want that lifestyle. You feel mm -hmm. me? That's kind of really how it is. It was. Mm -hmm. It's like one nigga that I was hanging out with, and we just kind of grew from that. What was appealing to that lifestyle? Because here's the thing: is like you talk about it was appealing, but like other people could be appealing. It could be appealed to like gifted and talented classes or being that. a nerd or whatever. Like I what was it that drew that, you to that? I thought all that other shit was lame. Yeah. Straight up. Why did you think that School. shit was cool? The shit you got into? Cause it just like respect, power. Yeah. Right. The bitches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all mm -hmm. that. The people that ignored you and that the things that you didn't have when you was a kid, right? It's yeah, like I you get so. into the opposite of it. Hell yeah. Right. So I just was like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to just hang with these niggas. And they doing the shit that I fuck with. They was like in go-go bands and shit, and I like go-go yeah. heavy and shit. Yeah. So, you know, all that, that's what I was like into. Right. Tell yeah. people a little bit about go-go, because that's a very like D.C.-centric music yeah, movement. Not, not a lot like, of people that aren't from D.C. know about it. Go-go is like something you got to experience live to really understand. Uh -huh. You will never understand it listening to it. It doesn't translate to records almost. Nah, yeah. you won't. You won't get it. You won't get it. Like, I get it, and I fuck with it. I've been listening to that shit these past couple months. You Do you me? remember your first Go-Go show? And yeah. What was yeah. it like? It was stupid because I only came there too deep. It was me and one nigga and one of my homies and shit. Really, it was supposed to be a couple of us, but at the last minute when we had got there, the other niggas bullshitted and niggas didn't drive back then. We were taking Metro. Right. Then you got to take a bus to the train, then the train back to another bus, the bus back home. You know, so it was crazy. Um, and I wanted to fuck with these bitches and shit too. So they was all out there and uh, all my niggas didn't come with me. So it was just us two. That was the first time we went to a go-go. Yeah. It was cool though. Ain't shit happening. Music was banging? Yeah, everything yeah. was good. Yeah, yeah right. Mm -hmm. And at that point, were you already experimenting with drugs and alcohol and shit or was it just like a sober nah, outing? Nah, I was probably smoking and shit. Yeah, I right. Really, I ain't do alcohol till later, later, later. Really? Like, to be honest, I've never been an alcohol person. Well, so like I've talked to you previously and you told me your mom had a good job and shit. Yeah. Was she, what was she, nurse? Uh-huh. Okay. No, 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 no. My mom would work for the government. Oh, for the government. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so she was she, a paralegal. Paralegal. There you go. Yeah. And so... You know, your mom, smart woman as well, probably expected you to do good in school, et cetera, et cetera. But on the record, you talk about you had kind of a conflicting relationship with her. So tell me about your relationship with her, because it sounds like... I didn't really like 
Growing up, she just was mean and shit. Right. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like uh, you guys didn't get along at first. She loved me, but she was like really, really like strict. She was a mean person inside. She just had a lot of shit going on. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And and of course, I'm not gonna understand none of that. I'm just like, damn, wife always mad and shit. Right. Because as a kid, it's hard to process like those life experiences. And now, as, as an adult, you could probably imagine that her childhood. Hearing the things that you've heard, maybe she saw some shit that like w- would have put up those walls around her too. Maybe of course, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's all it's all about that. So, because there's kind of this moment on the record where it's like, you know, you're talking about this whole time feeling like she didn't love you uh, on the record, and then and then when you when no one else was there for her, she was, and you realize like, oh wait, she mm-hmm. does she does love me, and she is there for me, mm-hmm. and so. You know, so I'm interested in exploring that relationship more, like, beyond just being mean, like, what was it like growing up with her? Were you guys fighting all the time? Was she, like, disappointed? Not really fighting. Then yeah. more, like, it was, it was a disciplined thing. Then it just became, all right, I'm not going to listen to you no more. Mm. And now you can't really do much to me. And she tried everything, but it just... Nothing worked and mm-hmm. shit. So, so would you just be like sneaking out or just not coming home or, or like when you're doing bad shit? Everything, like yeah. everything you can imagine. Like yeah, skipping school, like having bitches over and shit. Like when she's not around, uh-huh. like neighbors snitching on me and shit. Like <laughs> it's a lot, a lot yeah. of things. Did a lot of things. Right. Is there a gang community in DC? Like, what? Like, I'm what's the situation? Really. Like, cause I'm, you know, there's more gangs now, I guess. But it's, yeah. it's um, so it's not like you got into gang shit. You just nah, got into like bad kids shit, neighborhood shit, yeah. neighborhood shit. Like, I guess it's a gang in the grand scheme of things. Right. But it's not really gangs. It's neighborhood shit. Yeah, you yeah. know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, did you get involved? You got involved with people that were outside of your neighborhood. I would imagine then. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. And then there was some niggas from outside of my neighborhood that lived in my neighborhood, but they were from hoods, too, you feel me? Okay. Because of the whole, like, Section 8 gentrification, moving out shit, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. Hell yeah. Without dry snitching too much, like, what were some of the things that you were getting involved with that mm-hmm. would have got you in trouble, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think of how to explain that. Right. I just, you know, just a lot of, like, shit with guns mm-hmm. and just, um... A lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that, I mean, but that leads me to my next question, that, yeah. like, having to be involved in shit where you're carrying a weapon, like, what does that do to your mentality as a youth, feeling like you need to to have that sort of protection on you? Like, does it cause paranoia? Like, are you constantly looking well, over I your shoulder? I didn't give a fuck about nothing. Really? I didn't care about nothing. Did it give you a sense of power happened. then? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. But not even really. I didn't care because I didn't really carry joints like that. Like it just was for situations, mm-hmm. you know. We probably whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have a joint or whatever, and do whatever, and then you know, shit happened. But um, it wasn't like power. It was more like I'm trying to get something. I need this, mm-hmm. like whatever it is. Okay, you know. Sometimes it wasn't even with that. Sometimes it was just. You know, hollering at people, whatever, coming up to people and doing certain shit, like, you know. Uh, yeah, I yeah. understand. So this is in high school, I would imagine. This is, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. High school. And so by this point, did you just completely not give a fuck about school? Like, were you going to class? No. <laughs> <laughs> just skipping no. all day and going? I and- didn't go to class. I only went to class to show off my outfit. Mm. You know, um, go to lunch and shit, just stunt, 
try to leave with some girls or something. Like I wasn't going to class. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit was wild. Did you end up graduating high school? <laughs> basically, yeah. What does basically graduated mean? Like, did you get a diploma? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, all right. Then you graduated. Yeah, I graduated. I didn't do no prom, none of that type of shit, but I got a diploma. Uh, yeah. Why didn't you do prom? I think I was locked up. Was I locked up? No, I wasn't locked up. I just didn't. It was a funny situation. So you had already been experiencing getting locked up while you were still in high school? Yeah. What was that like? Uh, the first time I went to jail, it was like, scary you know what i mean i I wanted to act hard but it just didn't really work it, it was like niggas saw right through that shit i was by myself you feel me and you're what like 16 17 17 yeah. and i had a lot of problems the first time really a lot of problems like um the second time i got locked how, up, how long were you there for the first time Four months oh my god four months right off the jump yeah and then the second time i got locked up I was there for two months, but I had a really cool celly that was kind of like known and a lot of niggas respected him. Uh-huh. And he told me certain things and showed me the ropes. So by the third time I got locked up, I already knew what time it was. I didn't have no problems. Nobody yeah. played with me. The worst thing that happened to me, the second time, I, third time I got locked up was a nigga tried to steal, like when I wasn't around, steal from my commissary. And and the whole unit was looking for him. Like, the whole unit was like, yo, who the fuck did that shit? Like, they was trying to get him up out of there. And then I ended up being the whole, each person from the unit gave me, like, one thing. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, and, um, I ended up having more than what I started with. Wow. Yeah. So people were looking out for you by the end. For sure. Well, so let's go back to that first time, though. Tell me about the sense of isolation and loneliness that you must have felt when you say you tried to go in and act like you're hard and people saw through it like what was it like having to survive that it wasn't easy yeah it was like getting in trouble getting in problems eventually niggas calmed down and shit it was cool like, was it getting in problems to try and like prove yourself so people wouldn't fuck with you all or kinds of shit yeah. all kinds of shit like all kinds of shit like Niggas definitely was trying me, like, all the time, you feel mm-hmm. me? So it was a lot. It was a lot that first time. And was this in D.C.? Like, where do you no, get locked up? in Maryland. Oh, in Maryland. Yeah. Okay. What do you do for four months while you're in, while you're locked up? Did you read? Did you like, work the, out? I read, I read the Bible and shit. I yeah. worked out. Yeah. Um, I was trying to get strong and shit. Yeah. Um, reflect, get my life together, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to think about what I'm going to do when I get out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Shit you really, that's what you're supposed to do, at least. What kind of things? The reason you, why they put you in jail. What kind of things were you thinking about when you got out? Is this around the time that you thought about rapping? Kind of. I was singing, actually. Yeah, you got a good voice. You could hear it on the records. Thank you. A yeah. lot of people was um kind of looking at me as, like, 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 niggas would ask me to sing and shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I used to sing. I used to make little songs and shit. How did you learn that you could sing? In oh, church no, or no? No, nah. no. I never went to church. I wasn't going to church. Yeah. I tried to go to church. My mom tried to make me go to church. That shit didn't work. Really? But um, I just did it. I just did it. And then somebody heard me one day, and then I kind of, like, started doing it. You feel me? Wow, that's pretty tight. Yeah. So you would have your little audience in there listening or what? The guards, all of them, they fucked with me singing this shit. And that's your first time in? Yeah. And so did that help kind of like take some of the stress off? Like people, would people fuck with you less once they knew you could sing? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely for a little brief times and shit. 
Yeah. Definitely. I would, but it was crazy because I was on work detail too. So I was like, I had a really good position. And honestly, in jail, you can't be on detail if niggas don't. Like, nigga, it's hard to get on that shit. Like, like usually the nigga that's running the unit is doing detail. Huh. You know what I mean? So I was on detail at, at, for, you know, eventually and shit like that. It was cool, but it just was like, it was a lot to process, man. Niggas was really not built for that. You feel what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't, my mind wasn't built for that. Like, at that time, it wasn't ready. I, it wasn't what I was expecting. For working? No, I'm not working, just jail, period. Yeah. Jail, period. You know, you in there, and I'm in a, basically the juvenile unit in an adult jail, so everybody there has a gun charge or Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. At least a gun charge, but it's probably assault, murder, Mm -hmm. carjacking, armed robbery, Mm -hmm. which is what I had, armed robbery and shit. Mm -hmm. So it's like the worst of the worst, you feel me? It's a it's it, it it was a reality check for me, but it made me more of a man. I definitely say that, especially the second time. You feel me? Second time. Like, well, a lot of people talk about the jail system in America is so flawed that kids like you go in and and leave better criminals. Do you agree with that to an extent? Not me personally. Yeah. Other people. Mm-hmm. I I I came from a a place where I had two perspectives. Mm-hmm. I had the good, go to school, da 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 perspective from mm-hmm. my parents and my life. Then I had to not do that mm-hmm. perspective from the niggas I hung out with in school. So I, I knew right from wrong because I had two perspectives. A lot of niggas go in with only one perspective. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the other perspective, it's like, nigga, you basically just going to keep doing the same shit because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you don't have no other way of um, um, knowing how to get what you need or get where you need to get. Mm-hmm. Tell, me. Tell me a little about work detail because I think that a lot of our listeners probably don't understand the realities of being it's locked just like up. Cleaning up and shit, cleaning up the unit. You get the first showers, you get double trays. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? They they like they treat you pretty good. You get privileges. You get to stay out and watch TV longer than everybody else and uh-huh. shit. You do what you. It's a really good position. You just gotta wake up before everybody, give everybody their trays and shit. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like, all that type of shit. Okay. Know? Yeah, but it's, it was cool, though. It was cool. So how long were you out before the recidivism? The who? <laughs> recidivism, like ending up back in jail. How long were oh, you out for? Like a year, some change. Yeah. And w- and so that second time, that's when you had the good celly? Yeah, that's when my nigga, um, I forgot his name. Now. I can't even lie to you, but yeah. he was from Riggs Park. Mm-hmm. He was in there. He had a murder charge and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned a lot from him because he was like, "Okay, you're supposed to do this. When you got a cell, you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to make your bed like this. You're supposed to." He taught me how to bed. So then I went on a real unit and I kind of knew what to do. You feel me? Again, mm-hmm. adult unit and shit. This time. and so you're 18 in the adult unit. Mm-hmm. How long were you in that time? I'm there for like two months. And basically, the way I got out was I was in school. My lawyer couldn't get me a bail. Because mm-hmm. I had a violation of probation, mm-hmm. and I had two cases, mm-hmm. and and my lawyer couldn't get me out of jail. Nobody could get me out of jail. I ended up getting myself out of jail. How's that? I called the um the office, the court office from jail. I spoke with one of the people. I told him I was in school. I might like lose all my credits, but I need to get out. I need a bail. And they could, they was like, they talked to the lawyer, they talked to the judge, and then they ended up figuring it out and got me a bail. Huh. Yeah, my, yeah. I got that shit my motherfucking self. Right. Yep. And what did that teach you? 
don't rely on nobody. Just do it yourself. That's why I, that's why I am the way I am with music and shit. You know? Yeah. Like I, 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 I expect and hope people will help me, but niggas will tell you you can't do shit or just because they don't have the time or they don't have the mindset or capacity to think like like anything is possible. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You said you thought of your rap name while you were locked up. So which bid yeah. was that? The third one? Third one. And so it was the third that's one. That's when I went to prison. That's when you went to actual prison. Yeah. And how long were you there for? Seven months. And so tell people the difference between jail and prison. Prison is way better than jail, except for the fact that you might fucking get shanked. But... <clears throat> If you take that out the equation and all the gangs and shit and extortion <laughs> and drugs, then you it's way better. Because jail is while you're waiting for your sentence Man, and is prison trash. is when you're getting sentenced. Or when you got sentenced. Jail yeah. is yeah. the worst fucking jail. Like you in that shit, my nigga, you fucking like, you won't go, go. You're going crazy. You don't see grass unless you go in a court. Mm. You feel me? Depending on what unit you're on. If you're lucky, you might have a cell where you can see the cars driving past. Mm. You feel me? And you can look at them and, and think about all the places they going that you can't and mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. But um, as far as, as far as the, um, the living, it's just retarded, man. It's like you, you're going to go crazy in that shit, man. Mm-hmm. You're going to go crazy. You're going to see the same niggas every day, the same orange jumpsuit. You don't go outside. You might go to the gym if, you're, if your unit ain't on lockdown. you looking forward to fucking TV and getting on the phone mm-hmm. and food. That's it. Mm-hmm. Having know. experienced it now and the fact that your level of influence, your level of celebrity is going to continue to be on the rise. Have you ever thought about getting involved in like uh, prison reform or jail reform? What's that? It, like just issues. Like, have you ever thought about like, uh, like, do you think that the that jail or prison is a positive experience? Like, does it work or do you think that it's flawed? It in works America? for some people. Yeah. You got to be a very strong minded individual for it to work. Mm hmm. It don't work for everybody. Because I think that our I think that our prison system is like extremely flawed man, compared to other countries. Man, fuck all that rehabilitation shit. That's bullshit. Right. It's not about that. It's it, not. It's no way. It's about that. Well, so yeah, go ahead. Niggas don't get rehabilitated by that shit. And that's what I'm saying is like I think there are other countries where rehabilitation is an option, and America is not one of them. I think that nah, it's about money. Right. While you were in prison, were you were were you working um, for like? Did you have a job while you were there? Yeah. And you make like what a couple dollars a day? I made thirty dollars a month. And what were you doing? Um, working at a warehouse. Right, for like a company probably, right? Yeah. So it's like fucking indentured servitude essentially. This is fucked up. Right. Have you ever seen the thirteenth? Yeah. That documentary? Yeah. I mean, basically the thirteenth amendment, it abolished slavery, but said like if somebody's locked up they can essentially still be a slave. Right. Did you feel that way? Um, yeah, but I also, when you locked up like that, you just want to get out. My job, I I was able to get out of the jail and do shit. Even though you're not really out, you're still in the fucking warehouse all day. You can't go to McDonald's and shit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it still wasn't good, but mm-hmm. it was all right. Like, I, luckily, shortly after that, I went to, um, I got out of jail. Mm-hmm. I got on parole. Okay. So, but while you were doing that prison, last bit, sorry. is that when you started really working on the music shit? Or yeah, no? I just was like, fuck, man, I'm just trying to work on shit. Like, I'm trying to figure out how to um, take this shit to the next level. Like, I want to rap, mm-hmm. you know, I want to see how this shit works out. And 
other inmates heard me rapping, practicing and shit. So they asked me to rap and I rapped and they fucked with it. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I just had a, con- a level of confidence where I was like, man, if all these niggas fuck with it and they everybody's already pissed off here, mm-hmm. I might as well fucking try this shit. You know? Right. Had yeah. you ever rapped before you got in that bid? Not really. Mm-hmm. Not really. Just little shit. I would do little shit here and there, but not really, no. Did anything that you wrote in there end up on record? Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things. How did you get so good? I mean, uh, this is like sounds like some fucking dick flute solo or something, but like, how did you get so good at rapping? Because you have voice control and delivery and concepts, I think, that are like far beyond the few years that you've actually been doing it. Because according to my math, you've probably only been rapping in maybe three or four years, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, Rap is just always like... I'm always trying to think about how I can get better. If you um, listen to this last project, I listen to it like, yeah, this shit is okay. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out how I can step it up. You're always. a perfectionist. Always. And, and I just want to know, I want to be, I didn't sell a million records. Mm-hmm. So obviously, and there's people in this world that can sell a million records. Mm-hmm. So I, there's things I need to do to get better. Mm-hmm. You feel me? And and um that's how how I always look at it. That's the approach I take every time when I make shit. So I'm like I'm always trying to think of the next step. I'm paying attention to what's going on around us, and then I try, I try to figure out how I can or incorporate new ways of getting better or doing what I already did better. Yeah, I could tell that you're kind of constantly thinking about how to get better because you've released three projects in the last two, well, two 2015, 2016, 2017. You got yeah. records, and each one. Each one is solid, but each one gets better, I think. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that's what I always try to do. You know, I'm already thinking about new ways to use my voice over production to where it stands out more. Yeah. So what happened when you got out? Like, d- I just could imagine you, like, locking yourself into a studio for, like, a year straight or something to get as solid on a microphone as you are. Nah. No? What did you do? Uh, just paid attention. Never thinking just because people telling me I'm really good, I'm the, uh, that's what I am, mm-hmm. and being okay with that. Mm-hmm. Always trying to, like, never settle for that shit. Like, you know, I never settle for none of that shit. Like, I always just, um, like, just keep it real. Like, I just always think that it's not good enough, mm-hmm. and I need to do it better. Do you think that is a carryover from your mom? Nah. You ever thought of that? No. Uh-huh. I don't think it's like that. I don't think it's like that. It's literally just I want to be one of the greatest, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm not. What so. is it about rapping that? What was it that like made you so passionate about it? Why does rap speak to you more than anything else in your life ever has? I just like thought I was. It was one of the things I thought I was good at. That yeah. um, like when I played football, I wasn't good. I didn't start. I I didn't do none of that shit. Yeah. I was scared though. Actually, I was good at football. It's just. When I first started playing with equipment, it was like, uh, you know, people watching. I, I don't know what to do type shit. You know what I mean? But you don't have that fear with rap. Like, you know what you're doing. You want people to watch, right? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So how do you you get out and you're like, I want to rap. People think I'm good at rapping. I'm going to figure it out. Where do you go? Like, do you find a studio? Do you build your own studio? Who do you meet? What do you do? I met my engineer, Lomain. Shout um, out, I already Lomain. knew him. Mm-hmm. And he just he he had a, he had a studio right by the right around the way, and I would just go out there and just record at his house. And then I, you know I told him that 
you know, I, I don't um, have much money or nothing, but I promise you, like, that I'm better than all these niggas that you're working with. <laughs> right. And I'm going to show you, like, like you, know, <laughs> you know, like, you ain't going to waste your time. It was like that. Yeah. And is he, who's making the beats when you first start? Or where are you finding the beats? Um, Lo-Fi. Okay. Who used to be the brand at that time. Uh-huh. They did most of my beats, most of my production. Mm-hmm. Um and if I wasn't them, I was rapping over other people's shit. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. When you meet those guys, how do you convince them that you're not a waste of time the same way? Just kind of like, I'm dope, listen, and they yeah, believed in it? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, kind of. Nah, they reached out to me, or somebody oh. put us on. Okay. Ty from the barbershop. Uh-huh. He was like, yo, I know some guys that produce, and I'm like, all right, bet. And then they started sending me shit, and I was just rapping over their shit at first. Uh-huh. And we all developed our sound together, you feel me? Yeah, that's yeah. dope. Mm-hmm. Um, were you instantly already um, tying together singing and rapping in in tracks like from Jump, or did it, did you have to like get comfortable with your voice on mic before you started singing in, in songs on hooks and shit? Um, nah, I got I just always was trying both. Yeah, always, right. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's just one of them things. So. Yeah, there's a scene in DC like dudes like Leash. Yeah, Rico Nasty, right? Yeah, like Bruno, little dude. Beautiful. Yeah. Did you start seeing those folks around doing stuff in the music scene? I just started seeing them like probably a year or two ago. Okay. Yeah. So were you ever playing local shows out there or anything? Like what was the hustle? Yeah, I was doing all the little open mics and all that type of shit. Yeah, how did that go? It was cool. I I got I started that's where I started from. So I got a lot of um my first um like my experience performing came from that you feel mm-hmm. me yeah so all those people still know me like they like just like proud of me and shit you know were you drawn to performing instantly like did you like being on stage um mm, I like I like being on stage yeah definitely yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. some people don't like it yeah, you seem nah. shy to me. That's why I wonder if you like being on stage. Nah, I'm not shy. I have personalities. Yeah. It depends on when you catch me, you know what I mean? Right. I'm not shy. I can be shy, but it's just like, it depends. <laughs> a lot of shit. Yeah. Right. There was a line that really struck me on the record, and it is, it's about your mom. So you talk about you never wanted to get close to her because you always felt like her life would be taken early for some reason, right? Yeah, yeah. And that struck me because that's tragic and devastatingly sad to me. I'm wondering what you meant by it and what made you think that and, like, like how'd you, how did you know that? I mean, she just was sick. I just, you know. When did she get sick? I don't remember. Um, I was young. She's been sick, like, your whole life pretty much? Or nah, like, middle school or some shit. Really? Like that. That, I mean, that's... Pretty much your whole life, for all intents and purposes. How old were you when she passed? I was um, 20, 23 or something, 24. Yeah, and so you were already rapping and shit? Yeah. What did she think about your rapping? She was proud. She fucked with it, yeah. She liked it. Yeah. All right, sorry. Uh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. my bad. I mean, that, that's the thing. Listening to the record, it was, you know, you could feel it. Yeah. And and, I, and right now talking to you, I can tell that you still feel it, yeah. even though you got you know. But like I said, you, you know, you got the walls, and that's fine. How'd you link up with Adult Swim? How about that? Let's lighten it up. Yeah, um, it was through um, 
Jason DeMarco, I just kind of had an idea and he followed me and he fucked with my music and I just reached out to him like, yo, can I tell you this idea I have? He was like, sure. I told him the idea and he fucked with it and then he just, um, he said, I could probably help you with this and um, and that's kind of like how it happened. And like, was that the idea for I Was Very Bad? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I just said I had this new way of, I wanted to drop music and I wanted to do it through TV and um, it really was supposed to be one song a week but then I had a it just it, certain songs had to have other songs for you to really fuck with it like uh, understand it so I had to do it in three pieces instead of one song a week right, right. just for it to make complete sense right yeah is that how you got the MF Doom feature and the and the Delta yeah, Funk Jason DeMarco, yeah. DeMarco yeah did you fuck with them growing up um, I fucked with Dell mostly because of um, Gorillaz, but yeah. I went back and started listening to you know Deltron Thirty Thirty, yeah. and um, and all the other stuff. So um, Doom, same kind of thing, but um, I was really I had a phase with Doom where I was just was like super on it. You yeah, feel me? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's your favorite Doom record? Piece of shop. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's <what> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an album, but that's not. No, no, no. I like, I like, um, all caps. Oh, I like yeah. a lot, man. I had a big phase recently. Yeah, that I was just going through all his shit. Yeah, beats is so good, man. Who were who were your guys when you were growing up? Like, what were you listening to? Other than Eminem, Kanye West. Those are the three. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of Eminem now? I'm, I mean, I'm always be a fan. I'm always fuck with him. Yeah. I, I'm not too big on the new shit like that. Right. I'm. A, I like the him talking about killing people and killing his wife and all that <laughs> type of shit. That was entertaining to me. So you know, I fucked with that. It made me like kind of like not give a fuck and want to not do that too. But just when I was going through what I was going through in school, yeah, it made me feel like I was like him like fuck everybody I'm cooler than everybody because I don't give a fuck mm -hmm. you know what I mean mm -hmm. so it was like it helped me a lot through mm -hmm. my school and this shit has your life been changing more drastically in the last couple of years as momentum gains definitely yeah I mean if I go out back home I'm gonna get stopped for really sure. yeah. yeah yeah have you have you had any moments where that are like surreal for you where like Someone that you heavily fuck with reach out and it's like, yo, I feel it. I fuck with your shit. A lot. Yeah. I, all the time. Yeah. This is starting to become a, a routine thing now. Really? I can't think of who, but so many people have hit me up. Or like, okay, here's a good one. I was talking to Musa from TDE the uh -huh. other day, uh -huh. two days ago, and he told me that Kendrick listened to my project and he was like, yo, who is this? This shit is crazy. Like, da 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 da. Like, right. Who is this nigga? Like, damn like like that type of shit that's dope and, and that's really dope because like I was telling you before we got on air I, I feel like the closest contemporary if I was to describe I was very bad to somebody I'd be like you know it's it's definitely got like the epic feel of a Kendrick project because there are so many different stories that interweave with each other and the songs are so quick to pivot from one point to another and then back to the previous point like it really feels like a cohesive album rather than songs that you just happen to make. Like, mm -hmm. there was purpose while you were writing it, clearly. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I was very bad. <laughs> do you, I mean, I, is I Was Very Bad kind of like your autobiography? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think moving forward you're going to do now that you've kind of told your story? Like, where do you see your music progressing to? What's the next There's thing you want to so tackle? so many things I'm about to do. Really? You know? Yeah. I'm I'm good with coming up with ideas and there's so much to talk about. 
Yeah. You know, I'm going to talk about like a lot of things that I have going on in my mind right now. Um, in these next projects, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just depends like um, on when it's going to drop, when everybody will know, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I have a lot of thoughts. I have, I don't have, I don't run out of shit to talk about. That's, That's good. a fact. You got a dream collab? Uh, I want to work with Tyler, the creator a lot. Yeah. Have you yeah. guys met yet? No. I'm I sure haven't you, met Tyler yet. I'm sure you guys could work yeah, that Yeah, I huh? met Damo Genesis yesterday, though. Nice. There you cool go. Cool fucking dude, man. And he's talented as shit. Absolutely. Talented as fuck. You think you'll end up moving out here or are you going to stay in PG? I was already living out here. I'm going to come back. Yeah. Definitely. How did you I, like I, it? It's more about album cycles, you know? Yeah. When I'm working on a project, that's when I like to be out here. Yeah, when yeah. I'm not, I like to be at home soaking up all those vibes. So. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I'm going to be out here soon. Yeah. When I get off this tour. Shout out to Ferg. How long is that? March to April. Well, end of February to April. Nice. Mid-April. That's got to be the biggest tour so far, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Have you toured before? Of course. How do you like lots touring? Lots I love touring. I miss that shit. Really? What do you like about it? Seeing other cities, experiences with my homies and shit, making yeah. fun of everybody and shit. <laughs> Those are like most of the things that I like about it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, you miss it when you're not on tour? Yeah, definitely. I like to be on tour and then I hate it when I'm on it. At the end of it, then I miss it when I'm not. <laughs> right, it's like that bittersweet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there you go. Fucking look for ID- IDK in a city near you with ASAP Ferg yeah. uh, from the end of February till April. I'm sure it's probably coast to coast. Uh, all over the place, huh? Yeah, for sure. Canada and mm-hmm. shit like that too, or no? All that shit. Yeah, yep. that'll yep, be fun, yep, man. Yep. So that'll we be gonna dumb. turn up, man. I appreciate this shit too. Yeah, this most is the definitely. longest interview I ever did. <laughs> hey, man, I, I'm sorry to put you through it. Nah, yeah. it's not bad. It's yeah, it's a good I try to tackle it. I try to tackle the heavy subjects. It didn't you feel, feel me? like it. That's, so. Yeah, well, that's good. My man. What song are you gonna be performing for us today? I'm going to do Baby Scale. So we're going to hear you perform Baby Scale. So f- yeah. tell the people where they can find you online. What What's your Twitter? Um, y'all can find me at IDK. Just at IDK on Twitter and Very Instagram. Easy. If you want to check out my music, JIDK.com. I'm on everything. Yeah. Apple Music, all that shit. What made you Spotify. What made you want to drop the J and just be IDK? It just feels better for me. Yeah. It's always was supposed to just be IDK. Just I more like anonymous. the simplicity. Yeah, yeah. totally. So yeah. so yeah, guys, check out IDK's I Was Very Bad. You can go back and listen to Subtrap, right? And what was the one in 16? Empty Bank. Empty Bank. Yeah. All three very solid projects, and they show a cohesive growth uh, as time goes on. I mean, you can listen in real time and hear him mastering craft more and more on each record. Yeah. And if you guys know me, you know that something I respect is mastering of craft, and I can tell <laughs> that he takes a lot of time and effort uh, into it. So, um Go listen to those those records and look for them on youtube.com slash kind of neat. As far as me, you can. my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man, Ben Shin, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery, at I am database, based with two S's. You can follow us as a unit at kind of neat. YouTube.com slash kind of neat, where you're going to see IDK perform Baby Scale. And uh, kindaneat.net to see everything wrapped up in a pretty package. This is the part where I tell you guys, if you're a weekly listener, that you should pledge to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash kindaneat. Pledge a dollar an episode. The most that will ever be is $4 per month. But 
if you guys know the schedule by now, it's usually about a dollar a month. That helps us keep the lights on around here. And other than that, I think we did what we came to do. That was IDK. I am Lee, and this was kind of neat.